0: Right.
1: Soda Stogie from the road. The uh, normal tempo of my podcast is a little different, a little more somber today. I uh, saw in the news that a TikToker recently committed suicide. I don't know anything about him. I don't follow anybody really at all on TikTok anymore. I do the old posting ghost type of thing, and for good reason. Really careful what I take in. But for some reason, it struck a chord with me and sent me down a, a rabbit hole today, thinking about a topic that has been pretty prevalent in my life which is the concept of suicide I lost my mother to suicide as I stated in previous podcasts and um, I've dealt with it I'm not gonna say who but very close family members very 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 close family members on top of struggling with it myself in my younger years and almost recently and If you're looking for a podcast that cheers you up all the time and doesn't talk about anything real or of any substantive value, then this probably isn't the podcast for you. I'm not here to be a clown and dance for you. I'm just to talk about the stuff that matters. And this matters to me. Suicide is probably one of the most paramount, issues I've dealt with in my life. Especially at a very early age, like I said in previous podcast when my mother committed suicide, the way I found out about it was that I was calling home to tell her that I was having a little girl. My first child. Literally it was supposed to be that phone call that said, Hey, Mom, guess what? I'm having my first child. It's a little girl and I'm gonna name her after you. And I did. But she never got to see it. I'm sorry. I've been um, kind of leading up to this podcast. It's been uh, an emotional roller coaster because I write down notes and I think about what I'm going to say because I want my words to matter. I want what I say to matter because it it'll be here after I'm gone. If God forbid. But this TikTok thing is senseless. It's two people. They took it upon themselves to make it their mission to break a man. The text messages were released publicly on how these, this guy and this girl methodically schemed and plotted and planned and figured out a way to push this man over an edge and uh, it's just, it's the sign of the times now you know, one of the things people say all the time you know, things are so fucked up now things are fucked up now no, things have always been fucked up we're just filming it now we're documenting it now it's within arm's reach to look at it shit, you could half of a google and you could see what most police detectives and police officers and EMT people see on a regular basis that used to be some esoteric thing that we didn't ever get to see because we weren't in law enforcement or EMS now little kids are seeing it effortlessly Everybody's just this scrambled mess of how to make sense out of all of this, all this information and whatnot. And it's yielding this callous lack of empathy of people nowadays. People think they can just flick a finger on a keyboard, on a phone, and dismantle somebody else's life. And they go to sleep just fine at night. They take pride in it. You see the TikToks all the time. Some angry woman or some angry person on there. I'm a bitch. I'll fuck your life up. I'm a bad bitch. Whatever. Whatever the people do, right? I'm not picking on women. I'm just saying hypothetically and we've turned into a society that just gnaws on each other. The lack of spirituality and connection to how far your actions ring into eternity are shocking anymore nobody thinks about that you know we live in a time where if you have any type of impulse it's a couple taps on your phone and you it's within arm's reach all the way to tormenting a person to end their own life you know if I didn't go through everything that I have in my life. I wouldn't be prepared for what I went through recently and have gone through in a way that I'm relatively proud of myself for going through it the way I did. I came out the other side and continued on in my journey and my intentions. Sorry if you hear the dogs in the background. That's I have both of them in here tonight. But... There's a lot of people that haven't really had the level of adversity that I've had. So they have nothing to compare it to. Part of this podcast is almost a plea to people out there to ask them where is your where's your humanity? Where's your spiritual and moral and emotional compass There are so many people so many that brag like it's a badge of honor that they can hurt somebody Do you do you not see what that does to people Have you ever seen it firsthand Have you ever seen the day to day decay of depression of what that does to somebody have you ever seen the after effects of what suicide does to a family do you realize that what you do say, say you're perfectly fine with getting somebody to take their own life do you realize that's a life sentence for the people that did nothing to you which is the mother, the father, the sister, the brother, the aunt, the uncle, the friends, the life sentence, the ripple effect of what you do to somebody, the bullying that you all do online, that aftershock of what you do. You type on your keyboards. and you eviscerate people and you walk away because you see nothing you see your words you might see their response and you feel nothing well i'm going to take this podcast and explain to you what it does to a family i'm going to i'm going to be the voice for the people that the struggle with depression the struggle with suicidal thoughts and maybe just maybe and i doubt it but maybe you will fucking stop what you do when you do this to people do you understand people that suffer with depression that they live day to day in their life with a part of their mind that says you have to do it do it do it do it it." they look at death as a much needed rest that they can never find in this life they're just tired they live their life where they're Each foot weighs 500 pounds. Each breath they take feels like they have a massive weight on their chest. You'll know. Listen really close. Find that person that for no reason you just hear them go, they're trying to catch their breath in a world where it's just too much I'm just tired I'm just tired what's next? you're pushing a person that when something good happens they feel very little joy and excitement about it because they know that's probably a fluke happiness is not meant for me it's meant for other people my life is meant to be misery and woe and don't get used to it because this is not the way things roll for me when they experience true love when somebody truly loves them they typically push them away because they know that it's temporary but they find happiness? Hell, I did. In my darkest hours, I found happiness. I don't know how I did it. I'm just glad I, I stayed with it as long as I have. And thankfully for me, I have enough bad that's happened in my life to where right after it good things have happened so now I just kind of look at it like well this is bad but something good's going to happen eventually because that's how it goes I, I've broken through that, that crucible but some people don't have that yet you'll type that horrific post about them or to them and then you'll put your phone down and go on with your evening and you'll send that person into a whirlwind of despair and you probably in your mind you go good fuck them because you don't have to see it you don't have to see it when the uh, when you do that to the father And the child is talking to the father And the father doesn't hear a word Because he's Falling apart inside and he's trying to keep it together So congratulations You're not just hurting the father, you're hurting the child You do that to the mother You torment her online Congratulations Her child comes up to her later on that evening And makes a small mistake and the mom lashes out because she can't take it anymore congratulations you just affected that little baby the decisions you make in this life determine not only your destiny but other people's there's times where I I fall into it where I'm like God God forgive me I've done so much bad in this life I've hurt so many people in this life it's it's I'm too far gone but my wife tells me about St. Augustine he was the worst of the worst and became a saint that saint right there is proof of redemption and course correction and I cling to that I cling to that every day I still have my own struggles my own adversity my own battles that I have to overcome and I will, I will, I'll overcome them they have a solution but will you You people that take pride in hurting people. You know, some people could say that about me. Some people can absolutely could say that about me. The version of me, the version of me that was in a truck. Yeah, you could say that about me. And I'll remember my mistakes that I've made until I take my last breath, I can assure you. Because I know mistakes that I made 20 years ago still haunt me today. I'm an open book, especially on here. You people have no idea how many times my wife hears me wake up screaming in the middle of the night. The monster that I keep at bay. The horrors that I've witnessed in my life that lay dormant in the back of my mind. every once in a while I used to take pride in taking that monster out of the basement and parading him around for people to see and like I said I'll take that with me till the day I die depression is a real thing and we as men never talk about it we live in this macho macho man dick measuring bullshit contest, especially in trucking. I've never seen it in any other profession other than trucking. I can do this, I can do that, suck it up, be a man, don't be a pussy. what's the matter? You gonna fucking cry about it. And then just swallow it. We pack it down like sand you pack it down and you pack it down and pack it down and the next thing you know you're you've got a big stone in the middle of your chest it's hard to breathe it's hard to breathe in and out literally and when you can barely muster the ability to breathe guess what you have to have to per Protect and provide and do all that stuff. Mothers have to care and nurture. (laughs) Sons and daughters have to grow and plan. See, the thing is, folks, and I hope each and every one of you hear this, if we could just take a beat and take a moment and realize there is not a one of us that's better than the other. We are all fucked up. Some of us are just better at hiding it. I've met people that are so wealthy and from afar and from face space you look like they got life by the balls and it is a freaking sideshow behind the curtain. So if we know that and we keep that in mind and say, I'm not going to hurt this person because they're hurting just like I am. Why would you stab a person that already is full of bullet holes? Why would you gossip and spread lies and rumors about somebody that's already barely able to sit up in the morning. There are so many people that just assumed I have or had life by the balls for, for quite some time. To where they hated me. Whose life's too perfect. Fuck you have no idea. My life my life has been a nightmare since I was a little boy since I was a tiny little boy people I grew up around some of them actually knew it they watched it then I got in trouble right out of high school went to prison got out of prison and I made a promise to myself that I was going to hide my horror and pretend everything was easy peasy So nobody would ever think, yeah, that guy's been to prison. Hide my shame. Hide my dirty little secret. Hide the fact that I was locked in a four-by-eight cell like a zoo animal. I remember being... I think 11 or 12 years old in our little house on Shanverton Court in Ohio a little ranch house in the kitchen that had the drop ceiling with the neon lights in it I had them turned off sitting on that olive green kitchen carpet that's a real tight knit carpet that it's almost like AstroTurf With our orange Formica countertops (laughs) Dating myself, you could pretty much tell when I grew up We had a glass top kitchen table After mom and dad got divorced Dad just went out and got the cheapest kitchen table he could find And I remember Because of being bullied and picked on and made fun of And being called fat and mom and dad are divorced and our once beautiful flower garden in the front yard is now dead and our house went from being a beautiful middle class family ranch home to uh, just neglect you could see the death of the family from the curb my sister ran the streets and became a hoodlum and I was just a little boy yeah so my parents got divorced when I was 11 so I was about 12 so I was still struggling pretty deeply and I think it was a Friday night yeah it was a Friday night my dad would leave me home alone every weekend He started dating and my sister would be running the streets and dad would leave to go date his new girlfriend that was an hour away. He'd come home, change his clothes, barely say hi to me and bolt out the fucking door. Because he looked at it like, I did my time, it's my time to be happy now. Well, asshole, I'm fucking eleven. You gotta quit so early, we still got a couple more quarters left in the game. And he would leave. And I learned very quickly The truth in the statement A child can't be what a child can't see I couldn't see what it was like to be a man He wasn't there And he didn't care to be (laughs) I remember one I was was so tired of him leaving me alone And I just wanted somebody to talk to I was 12 years old And he would leave. He'd get home at 3.30. And he would leave. And, uh... (sighs) Fuck. And I would get home at like 3.15, right? And it was just a bustle of activity. And he'd run up and down the hallways and put on his new shirt that he went out and bought and stuff. And I thought... I watch TV all the time if I stood in the middle of the hallway and put my arms open wide for him to hug me which he never did that he would stop realize what he was doing and spend some time with me and not leave and he instead of hugging me put his hands on each one of my shoulders and moved me to the side he's like I gotta go gotta go gotta go I'm late he always did the same thing. He always left two red baron pizzas for me for the uh for the weekend, so I'd had something to eat. And I had cereal and bologna and bread. And then I was in charge of taking care of myself. At twelve. So I watched him. I watched him roll out from that kitchen that I was telling you about earlier. The reason I brought up the table, the glass table, is because that night, I I couldn't take it anymore. I remembered what it was like to have a family, to have a mom and a dad. All my friends had moms and dads and i lived in a town where the life was supposed to be perfect you know it's in the 80s late 80s early 90s you know we lived in the subdivision with the block parties and the high school football games and everything and if you your parents got divorced you would go to school and kids They would have to come back, well, yeah, well, at least my familys my parents aren't divorced. You live in a broken home, you know, kids are cruel. You know, and that night, I just sat there and cried. I just wanted my dad to take me hunting, take me fishing, you know, show me how to turn a wrench, spend some time with me. And I I couldn't take it anymore at 12. And I sat underneath that kitchen table at 12 years old with a butcher knife. And I held it to my wrist. At 12. And I called a, a suicide hotline because I didn't want to because I was so scared. I was scared, is it going to hurt? I mean... I had no frame of reference I just knew I didn't want to feel like this anymore and I knew that well if you kill yourself you don't feel like this anymore I didn't understand the gravity and the magnitude of it and they talked me through it what that person had to feel like talking a 12 year old little boy into wanting to live again <laughs> I'll never forget that day and I had multiple times in my life where I did that I I barely made it through my high school years alive my most serious suicide attempt was a girlfriend and I broke up in high school and uh, then we got back together again and I remember I had my own apartment, and this is what caused me to actually go to prison. I just I couldn't afford to live, and was writing checks to survive and shit like that, and my mom was supposed to move in with me to help me pay the bills, and at the last minute, she said she wasn't going to, and I remember just falling apart. I'm like, I'm screwed. I'm screwed. My girlfriend and I were fighting, and one night, I just... I took a shitload of pills. I took a, like an entire bottle of, I think it was called Elavil. It was a depression medicine, I think I was taking back then. And I remember just, I made one phone call to my girlfriend. And I said something about, I just took a bunch of pills. And I love you and all that good stuff. And next thing you know, I wake up and there's feet all around my head in my, my living room of my apartment. It was around Christmas time, I remember, because I had a real shitty Christmas tree. <laughs> and, uh... I get carted off, and... I remember being in the, uh... the ER, and my girlfriend, her dad, and her mom were there. Or no, my girlfriend, her mom, they were there. And then my mom showed up with her husband and my dad. Uh didn't show up, of course. And uh, my mom was yelling at me, saying I was just doing it for attention and laughing at me. My stepdad was making fun of me while my girlfriend and her mom were looking at my family like, what the fuck, as they're pumping my stomach and I'm throwing up charcoal. A day and a half later, I wake up to my father standing at my bedside going, He'll never forget it. I wake up from a suicide attempt to my father with his back to the window in the hospital room. and his first thing he says is, "Do you have any fucking idea how much that ambulance rides gonna cost me?" So if you follow the little breadcrumbs folks, It hasn't always been hunky-dory for me. I'm not saying this to... make you feel sorry for me, because I do not want that. I want you to hear these stories of my life so you can understand that... these heartbreaks, this tragedy... it can be overcome. You can have people be... Incredibly cruel to you. Incredibly cruel to you. Even at a young age to where you can't even make sense out of it. And make it to the ripe old age of 46, almost 47, like I am right now. I haven't done life perfect, folks. I have done a horrible job in this life. I'll admit to all of it, especially now. I feel like I'm in the, the redemption side of my life, but before I get to the full redemption side of my life, it's the suffering, the penance side of my life. You know, uh, I was on my bike the other day and I'm, I'm going to tell you this because this applies to not only the people that struggle but also to the heartless people out there the bullies you know when you do decide if you're a horrible person to people um, to turn it around to course correct there'll be a time where You're going to You're going to suffer You're going to deal with your Your punishment for the things that you've done And it's going to seem never ending Well that's where I'm at now I'll be uh, strolling right along And then something else will rear its head And I got to a point the other day when I was on my bike and I I parked it for a second and I said God how much more how much more this has been a very long life of sorrow I mean my memory the people that that I've hurt in my life. Their memory of what I've done and what I've been through only goes back to when they met me. My memory goes all the way back to the beginning. I don't know why I've been blessed with a memory that I can literally remember having my diapers changed. I can remember everything. And I remember everything. And uh, I just sat there. I had to, I shut off my bike because I'm like, it's just I need quiet. I need to hear something. God, tell me something. How much more? I'm tired. It's, I'm tired. And I could hear it you're not done yet I'm not done with you yet but when I am it'll be worth it and I just drop my head like okay I'm not comparing myself to Jesus Christ by any means. so don't think that. But it reminded me of the, the scene from the Passion of the Christ when Jesus was in the garden. And he was begging God, please spare me from this. And I didn't even bother saying it. I just said, okay. Folks, we're all going to suffer. Nobody's exempt from it. Just how much can you take before you break? I don't have any deep, insightful, esoteric wisdom to give to you today on how to get through it other than telling you that I don't have enough memory on my computer to regale my history of how many times I've wanted to give up. I was held back twice. In the eighth grade, and then my sophomore year, until I finally just quit school and got my GED. Go on, I'm getting my GED in prison and became a tutor, for fuck's sakes um, I wanted to break when I watched my friends that I knew my entire life go on to be successful and go to college and experience all the, the accolades of normality. I never got any of that. All my friends were going to college football games. I was watching the snow fall outside of a prison cell. When my friends were all graduating from college, I was in freaking Wisconsin, working in a machine shop for $12 an hour trying to raise a family of four with a stay-at-home wife. My friends were going on trips to the Bahamas, I was sitting at the kitchen table in a oil stained work uniform and my head and my hands trying to figure out how not to lose our home and how to feed my kids. had no help from my family. I mean shit, that father that I'm telling you about, I've I've seen him four times in almost twenty years. He doesn't reach out to me and I don't reach out to him. As you know, my mother's gone. My kids are grown and off doing their own thing now. I think maybe the the reason why this is such a paramount chapter of my life is because it's been it's been so noisy it's been so chaotic I was surrounded by children and people that needed me so much that the work that I needed to do on myself was never able to be done because I was too busy protecting and trying to provide the best way I can and shield my family And now that the dust is settled it's time to go up in the attic and start sorting through all these boxes. But folks I'm not going to give up. I am not going to go through everything that I've gone through in this life to quit now. Even though I'm so tired. And sometimes I'm so sad. I owe it to myself, I owe it to my wife, my children, my grandchildren. (laughs) I found out today, shit, maybe four hours ago, I found out today that my daughter is pregnant and I'm having another grandchild. (laughs) That'll make six. 47 years old, gonna be 47, I have six grandchildren there's a better day up ahead. In my darkest hours, in my darkest, darkest hours, I never thought a better day was even possible. And I went through it, and I've experienced some beautiful, beautiful, beautiful moments. The first time I held my grandchild, my first grandchild, It made everything I ever went through worthwhile when I spent that one day in a Walmart parking lot with my grandson Lucas it made every tear I've ever shed worthwhile it made me so thankful that I sucked at killing myself When I got convicted and I was told that I had to go to prison, I tried to hang myself in my prison cell, split my eye open, and had to spend two weeks in a paper rope. I tied that knot, folks. I know what I did. I don't care if you don't believe in God at all, but I do. He spared me from myself that day. I'm not trying to minimize what you go through. You probably, there's people out here listening to this that have gone through horrors that I can't even comprehend. But one thing I do know is even though it feels like like it will never end there'll be beautiful breaks in between and that's what you hold on to and those beautiful breaks in between the beautiful relief between the waves of the storm is what gives you the confidence and the ability and the perspective to understand how to endure the next wave I was just a little boy folks and that fight that I've been fighting since I was a little boy is still here it's a monster that follows me wherever I go I just know how to fight the motherfucker now I'm positive I got God on my side He knows (laughs) He knows that I'm a Veteran sinner That so desperately wants to be a saint Guys, I love you. And uh, if you're going through it, I don't know if any of this helped you at all or not. But try to try to see that we're doing this together. Instead, I'm in it with you. Even though some of you think I'm not. You guys take care of yourself. And I'll see you next
0: time. I don't know what I'm meant to feel anymore. I take it out of my girls and I smash that door. I fucked around with myself and I let you know That if you're up there watching start the show Say it's over my friend How long until the end Cause I'm past the point where I can amend I don't love myself but I can pretend Repeated cycles in my head Bringing me down And I've been itching at the back of my head The crown Firemen in are inside my head It's one of the two This head is controlling me, That me it's just you so Say it's over my friend, how long until the end? Cause I'm past the point where I can amend I don't love myself but I can pretend